0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast Thursday edition. We're starting a new series this week, which I'm super excited about, over the book of Revelation. And as we're going to talk about this, I'm going to try to come up with a title for it. Because really, I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks now, and I just can't land on anything that makes sense to me. Probably just going to end up being like Revelation or something generic like that. But maybe through our conversation today, I'll land on something awesome. Hopefully, pray for me. Uh, I'm joined this week, as usual, by my favorite guest... And most reoccurring, my your friend... Favorite, your
1: favorite guest.
0: <laughs> yeah, just because you're the one that always agrees to it. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, maybe you're contractually obligated. I don't know. Uh, but the lead pastor of Mission State Church, Russell Schultz. Russell, what's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm trying to figure out what the name of this series is. Okay, well, like we can come up with it together as we go. We'll talk it out. Okay. This is ver- us verbally processing, as we go, the name of the series. Okay. How does Sarah feel about me being your favorite guest? Well, she just found out, so... <laughs> um no i think uh you know uh i don't know how she'll hear how she'll feel about that she probably will be fine with it because i'm not sure that she always loves being on the show but uh, her reluctance potentially with the correct correct yeah uh mostly you're just the one that usually says yes more often so that's what makes you my favorite okay (laughs) All right, moving on. It's all about availability. (laughs) Yep. So uh, as we talked about, or as I mentioned in the beginning, we're going to be talking about the uh, Revelation, but we want to do two things with this series. Number one, we want to kind of make the book of Revelation to be a little less scary. Russell, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Like, What's the first word when you think of Revelation or the book of Revelation? What's the first thing that comes to mind?
1: Uh, (laughs) You want the real word that came to mind? Yes,
0: yes. Riddles. (laughs) Riddle. <laughs> Is this like, different than puzzles, the topic of your second book? Uh no.
1: So I just feel like growing up it's like kind of this like riddle or this it's like a puzzle or like an enigma that you're trying to figure out like this secret code. Ah, yeah. you know. That's that
0: was all my exposure to to it a lot growing up. Interesting. Okay. So does it feel scary to you or more just like a code that needs to be unlocked?
1: Well, I I feel like Uh, I'm not saying I still think this, but I felt like then it was a code to unlock, so then I know how this is all going to go down. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't scary because um, I was going to avoid most of the chaos. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good for you. Uh, (laughs) Sucks for all you other people. (laughs) Right,
0: right. So do you now feel like uh, that there is a code to unlock, or does it feel like you have somewhat... I guess this is where I'm at. I don't want to project on you. I feel like there's just, I've just come to a place where I'm okay not knowing or that like I'm just not going to have it all right and you probably don't even want me to share what I think happens at the end. Um, But... (laughs) At the very end? Sure, I hope. I mean, just read the end of the book, man. It's great. Definitely. Uh, But yeah, so do you feel like there's still answers to be found or is it more so that we need to maybe grow and just accepting that we don't know?
1: I think there are some answers to be found. I think it's less of the like, Trying to chart all of it on a, you know, like on a graph or a map. Like, <laughs> I I'll tell you a quick story. So I was in high school one time, and um, a guy. This is where I felt fear, by the way. But a guy uh, came and had this sheet, this bed sheet that he hung up on a wall, and it basically was a drawing of everything that was going to happen and in, in Revelation. Oh my god! Like gosh. very well, very well done too. Um, anyway, but and he taught us for like five hours through it and I was in high school so you know I was like I was like passed out right by 11 but um, anyway but so but that that brought fear too because of like just the I guess maybe the how I the conclusion to a lot of the things that he taught us but
0: yeah I don't know this is just kind of a pet peeve of mine personally so don't take this as like you know any kind of teaching or anything but I kind of get frustrated with like the the group of people that are like, this is absolutely what's going to happen. So somebody like you describing that, I'm getting a little bit of anxiety, just thinking like somebody telling me for five hours, like, this is exactly what's going to happen in the end times or what uh, Revelation is describing. I'm like, man, that's, there's a lot of like, from what I understand, symbolism, there's a lot of different things that play there for you to just be like, this is exactly what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you really want, I mean, you can go into different the different views or whatever on it, or how people have read the book in the past. But I, I think, I think, like, in, now, now, speaking as it, like, in the present day, present day Russell, I, like, I, uh, I enjoy Revelation. Like, I think it's actually a really useful book for followers of Jesus. I just think we have to take it for, like, what it actually is as, you know, John's apocalyptic literature. And he has these, he has these beautiful and, and detailed visions. And so, I think it is useful for the church today. Uh, I think it does tell us about the future, and I think it also tells us about the past.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And we'll dive into that a little bit here in a couple minutes. But uh, going back to just kind of the purpose of this series, what got us started on this train of thought, we want to kind of demystify or just give you some tools, maybe some ways to read the book of Revelation so it's a little less scary, it's a little less intimidating. Uh, not necessarily that we have all the answers or what every part of the book means, but we want to give you just some pr- basic ideas, some basic principles to kind of go into reading it with so that you can maybe understand some of it or, or just be a little less uh, intimidated by the book. I thought I signed up to do a
1: millennial discussion. Like, what what is our millennial view of the end times? Oh, no.
0: Uh, I thought that's what we were doing. That's... Well, that's a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, we also so point number two, and this is maybe more of a practical application, is that I think we can learn a lot from uh, John's revelation. So that's what the book is. That's why it's called Revelation, because it's a revealing, it's an uncovering that John has. It's a vision that he has of some things that have happened or will happen um, that Jesus gives him, and we'll talk about that. But we also so many. I don't know if this. I don't know if you feel like this, Russell, but I feel like I have so many people in my life over the last couple of years that maybe it's just the season that I'm in as like a, a late 20s you know I have a lot of friends who are kind of getting married or making you know kind of major life decisions starting their careers adulting. things like that adulting yeah getting started with all of those paths and there, like, there's a lot of is God leading me to do this? Or is God, does God want me to do this? Or, you know, we talked about, you talked about this a little bit on Sunday, just the call that God has for us. And I thought you did a great job just talking about how we all have this generic, like kind of mission of God call in front of us and not to get too caught up in the specific, you know, long-term give my life to, if that happens to you, that God gives you something, you know, a call to give your life to, that's amazing. But for a lot of us, it's just kind of a generic, like here's the mission of God participate in it. Yeah. Um, but I have so many people, uh, so many friends, family members, things like that, that are like, I don't know what God's asking me to do right now. Does he want me to move across the country? Does he want me to take this job? Does he want me to marry this person? Does he, you know, on and on. And so I think it can be helpful for us to also use this book and some of the principles of it to look at how God reveals things to John in this revelation and to see maybe how that we can apply those to us and how God reveals things to us as well.
1: I like this better than the
0: millennial thing. Yeah. Yeah. Much better. Much better than us talking about a bunch of things that we don't know for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Just snoozing over here. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Well, hey, so let's start out. You mentioned uh, something important in the beginning when you were talking about the book that I think is important for us to start with. You called it apocalyptic literature. Uh, That's the kind of buzzword, I guess, for how this this genre of writing. So if you're not aware, the Bible has a lot of different types of literature. It's got poetry, it's got wisdom, uh, it's got narrative, just stories. Um, and so there's this also this version called apocalyptic, which is really interesting. I had no idea before I started researching for this uh, topic, just how different the word apocalypse is than what I thought it meant or what, I guess, let me put it this way how the biblical authors thought of what apocalypse means is different than what I think of the apocalypse meaning. Uh, and this is what I mean by that. Uh, when we talk about apocalyptic literature or an apocalypse, um, in the biblical time or from the biblical author's perspective, we're talking about a revelation. Mm -hmm. It's talking about an uncovering, which is really interesting, especially thinking about this book and like what, you have anything you want to add to that? Well, I just think, yeah, I think, um,
1: I like the word uncovering, like that's, you're, you're, you're kind of getting, I, I stopped you before you got on a roll, but like, I really do love that. Like it wasn't, it's not just like we, we take apocalyptic as, Oh, it's the, it's the Armageddon. It's the end. It's the, when, you know, if it's not in a biblical worldview, it's in the worldview of like the apocalypse is when a zombie apocalypse or <laughs> right, <laughs> right. right. Or like uh, zero winter impact winter is like when an asteroid hits the earth and that's an apocalyptic moment for us. It's like the end, you know, as opposed to like, no, God is revealing or uncovering something that
0: hasn't been seen. Exactly. So it's funny, like when you, you can, you can almost trace, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think it logically makes sense that you can kind of trace the, the transition of the word apocalypse, right? So this is an apocalypse writing revelation in that time, apocalypse revelation uncovering, but it's also about the end times. So, Oh, apocalypse in times, apocalypse end times. You just say it so many times that it, oh, it, that must be what it means. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I, it's and it's easy, it, and it is easy, and and it's not to say that this doesn't talk about the end times, right? Yeah, so it, that's why it gets really confusing, right? And so, but the word, yeah, so uncovering is a great word. I think revealing, like God is revealing something to a person or a group of people, and then. You have this in the notes already, which you might have wanted to say this, but uh, Tim Mackey says biblical apocalypse is both a comfort and a challenge. Like it's God speaking to you, like so you know that the creative universe is having dialogue with you and and communicating with you. But at the same time, uh, it also comes with 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 challenge, with purpose, with with action that might not be as simple as you you know you, you hopefully leave changed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so that's the whole idea of our series is that we would help to reveal maybe or uncover the book in some ways, but also reveal and uncover some of the ways that God wants to teach you or to show you different things in your life or reveal things to you.
1: Yeah, and that uh, that God would regularly reveal things to you through scripture, through the church, through other believers, uh, through your life circumstances, through the Spirit. Uh, so that you would be comforted to know that God is speaking and loves you and is directing your life. But at the same time, he's challenging you to
0: become like his son. Yep, exactly. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of, maybe we'll start with week one, just some of the ways that God uh, gives us revelation. And, and when I say us, I mean you and I. Because uh, John, early on in this book, in chapter one, is going to talk about how he was on this island, so he's exiled, to this island of Patmos, yeah. and he's sitting there, and we're just going to jump right into the weird griminess of Revelation. It says in uh, verse nine, it says this: "I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation, in the kingdom, and patient endurance that are in Jesus." By the way, he's speaking to these seven churches that he's sending this letter to. So he says, "I, John, your brother," uh, to these churches. Uh, he, that I was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet. I was in the spirit on a, on a, <laughs> on the Lord's day. And I heard a voice behind me like a loud trumpet. Now he's going to go into, you know, write this down, write what you see. I mean, he's going to be taken up into the heavens and shown all these things. But this is the starting point is I was in the spirit on the Lord's day hmm it's nice you got any idea what that means (laughs) what how do you how do you get into the spirit russell
1: (laughs) i feel like we should have uh brought on um one of our charismatic brothers or sisters to to speak more clearly into what it means to be in the spirit
0: that would have been three (laughs) podcasts long it would have
1: been uh yeah the first it'd be either jimmy arches or or james adams are the two people and both of them are a bit chatty uh (laughs) but they are awesome i love those guys um so i think number one you know believers we believe everyone has or when you become a believer the holy spirit dwells inside dwells inside of you and i do think um we use language in our our day of talking about being in god's presence like so we don't uh, in, in many uh, circles of the Western Church, like we don't really have good Holy Spirit language, like or, or, or spiritual language. We just don't. Um, because we spent most of our time focusing on God the Father and then Jesus the Son. And so we, we we would say, like, I was in the presence of the Lord, or I was spending time with the Lord. Like, do you say that, or have you ever said that before?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a little bit of Christianese, but it if, is. If you're, if you're in the club, it's a little inside baseball, you know? If you're in the club, if you know what's going on, then yeah. you know what it means, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so I think this is just John's way of saying something similar to that. Um, Now, clearly he's in a, he's, he's in a clear, deep, devoted space with God. And so have you ever just had like a time with the Lord that was just, you know, over so overwhelming and for him, it, it was so overwhelming that he ended up having a dream or a vision. Um, and you know there are people like the the scriptures speak about that God's speaking to people through dreams and visions. And I have friends that will get nothing like this, of course, but they'll get a vision for something, and um, and it, they and then they you know they don't just take it and run with it, but they will filter it through their community and through the scriptures, and 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 a lot of times it's God speaking to them that way.
0: If you get any tips on who's going to win the World Series this year before it happens, Do you want to pass those along. It's not
1: really about that, uh, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the hot take about who, uh, like, God caring about sports. You know, does God care about sports? Uh, yeah, I, I was talking to someone yesterday thinking about, you know, actually, I actually don't know if God actually cares about sports at all. I think God actually might hate sports, but we can get into that in a different day. <laughs>
0: that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> no need to ruin my entire life right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you should hate sports. Um, but no, like, so he's
1: in, he's in God's person. I've, I've had... Um, a handful of times, not often, where I will say that like I've been praying and I feel like God's given me a vision or a picture of something. Um, it doesn't happen to me often, but I can I mean literally I can count on it's probably two or three times yeah that I go, yeah, I can remember and I remember I remember that one, I remember that one and that's yeah. about it. So
0: I think the most helpful thing out of this idea of John receiving, and this is maybe the application that I took out of it, John receives this vision while he's quote unquote in the spirit. Um, while he's spending time or, you know, however you want to say it. Uh, And I think that that, not saying that God only speaks to us when we carve out time to be with him, but it highly increases the chance that God wants to reveal something to us when we have carved out time to be with him. Uh, I think about my own life. I think about the times that I have actually felt like God was leading me to something. I I would say 95% of the time, it was a time when I had opened up a journal when I had opened up my my Bible or when I had, you know, started praying and just kind of sat there eyes closed. You know, my process is to, is to think about myself being in the heavenly throne room with God. It's described in revelation as well. You can picture yourself kind of in that place and just, try to tune out all of this all of the noise around you and just listen and that's typically when i feel like god speaks to me it's not every time it's not like it's a you know magic bullet that god is going to reveal something to you every time or something like that but it's far more often that i'm like in that place that i hear from god than that like he just drops something on me and i'm like oh my gosh like, i think god just spoke to me you know like i so if you're looking for god to i guess share something with you or something like that, i think being in his presence as often as possible is your best starting point to get that. Yeah, I think it's fair. And yeah, We also see this in Acts chapter 10. So if you remember back to the story of Peter getting this revelation from God, and he had his apocalypse moment, this revealing, this uncovering, that God was going to be accepting Gentiles, or that the death of Jesus actually made a way for Gentiles to enter into the family of God. He was praying, he gets hungry, (laughs) wakes him up from his prayer, and then God hits him with the vision. And so we see, like, in that moment, like, Peter's actually, like, going to the Lord. He's in in his spirit, in the spirit, in that sense, uh, and he gets that revelation as well. There's other examples throughout Scripture, but I think it's just, it's a prominent idea that God speaks to us when we're in his presence, and that's just, I mean, that A plus B equals C, right? Like, that just seems like a a natural um, consequence of that whole situation.
1: Yeah, like, we have to, if you're looking for direction in your life and you're not creating patterns and rhythms of your life to be with Jesus, then it's, you you shouldn't, it, it would be it's not that God can't, but it's, it's less likely that God would speak to you uh, regularly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. Yeah, thanks for putting a good conclusion to that. So that being said, what are some of the ways that we get in the Spirit or ways that we, you and I, when I say we, uh, that we try to spend time with God, try to hear from Him, or ways that we do hear from Him? I, I think one for me is uh, through Scripture, Through just reading God's Word, Um, it's a living, active Word, right? As we, the Scripture says, it testifies about itself that it's living and active, um, that it continues to teach us, and no matter how often you've read it or how much you feel like you understand it, there's always more that you can learn from it. And for me, and I know you, you might hate this, Russell. I don't know. I think you've kind of like jokingly. Uh, made fun of me a little bit for this, but there will be times when I will literally just, uh, I'll grab my Bible and I'll start to thumb through the pages and I'll just keep thumbing until I feel like I should stop. And then I open to that page and then I look at the chapters that are available (laughs) and I see which one seems to jump out to me and I just begin reading and I read until it feels like, okay, that's something that applies to me or that's something that makes sense to me. And I know that that sounds really weird and probably a little charismatic and odd, but truthfully that's been helpful for me in my life to just trust that the spirit is going to stop me in the right place for me to read and to gain something out of that knowledge. Now it's not like that's the only time that scripture ever says something to me or that passage isn't just jumping out to me. Just, you know, sometimes it's just in that moment, but like, I don't know, that's been helpful for me. I don't know that that's necessarily something we should subscribe, but I don't know. <laughs> I um,
1: I'm glad that works for you. Yeah, thanks. I if <laughs> I you're can tell list- you love it. If you're a listener, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it <laughs> unless you. I mean, unless you just really feel that way. I just don't like. Again, I I think God can speak to you that way. I'm, I know He has. You've told me that He has before too. I th- I so. And some days, sure, like maybe God will God will use that for you or for if you're a listener to that. But I think there are other ways to approach Scripture that might be a little bit more um, like helpful if you're just getting used to reading the Scriptures. Like I think you're, you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and so there is also a little level of maturity as well. And so if you're just learning how to read the Scriptures, just thumbing through and getting lucky, not getting lucky, but being led in that way, it might be a little bit more difficult. Um, and so in other words... Starting with a book of the Bible and sorting through it, and maybe walking through it with a friend, John is a great gospel to start with if you've never walked through uh, the, one of the Gospels of Jesus before. But Scripture is so the, the thing about Scripture that's great is uh, one, it's God's word, so we believe that it's we believe it's inspired by God, His uh, God breathed. But also, um, it's the one it's the one concrete one. You know what I mean? Like the rest of these practices, I mean, prayer, of course, is somewhat concrete, but you're talking about God revealing something to you. And the, the concreteness of scripture is like, we believe that, like we, we believe that we have an accurate Bible and that this is the inspired word of God. And in that the words are concrete. And so it, it's something that we can stand on. That's really comforting. And so if you're just getting used to, you know, trying to hear from God or discern what God is doing. I like what you're doing in a sense of like asking God to speak to you through whatever passage he's saying to you. I would just do it like take, like walk through a book of the Bible and do that. So read a section of whatever book you're going through and ask God to speak to you uh, in regards to that. Or, you know, a a good technique too to to do it is take something like the Bible project uh, videos that they have for each book of the Bible. Before you read the book of the Bible, watch the seven to 10 minute video, and then slowly go through section by section and see how God speaks to you in regard to the, the story of it. But scripture is huge for me. Um, I sometimes will read through books of the Bible. Sometimes I, I read through whole section, like whole books at a time, like one sitting. Um, sometimes I do a little bit at a time. More recently I've been using devotional, uh, sometimes like, I don't know why, but for me, like in my time r- recently, actually having a devotional has been way more fruitful for me. Um, I don't know why sometimes it's like I like being led you know what I mean sometimes if it's just have a like if I'm reading a, a passage it's like I feel like I have to do the work mm-hmm. and like if someone's read and' they're leading me through something it's really nice. yeah and so I've been reading through um, it's a devotional called Common Prayer and it has some it has some other steps in it as well but it also has sections of scripture that you're reading through and is guided. Mm-hmm
0: hmm Yeah, I, I think you make a great point, and I'll just kind of put this cap on, the, on our scripture before we move on to another way, uh, the, about the concreteness of it. So there's no doubt that anything that you read in scripture is God's word to you, you know? Like, so you may—now, we misinterpret things. We, sure. you know, read something and take it for something that it's not, but— every word of scripture is something that god's trying to reveal to you like Correct. it's all purposeful it's all for teaching it's all truly what god is saying to you when we talk about these other options there should be a filter <laughs> that we that Correct. we put them through to determine is this actually god trying to speak to me or did i have a bad lunch you right. know like <laughs> very that's yeah very very so good. scripture is 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 it is what it is it's there's no changing it um like I said, we might misinterpret it, but it's God speaking to you regardless of, you know, it's it's there. Uh, so I think that's a really good point. And I like what you said about the devotion too. I think uh, we could argue maybe about, uh, did God lead you to that devotion or is it just, you know, helpful for you in this season or whatever? But uh, devotions can be super helpful. So uh, I encourage you, if you feel like your Bible reading is getting a little stale or you're just not getting a lot of traction, a devotion is a great option to kind of supplement to that. Uh, yeah. But it, it, it highlights the importance of reading are reading our Bible regularly, right? Like yeah. it's, even if you feel like you know it, you feel like it's not, you know, important as much because you've already read the whole thing or something like that. Um, it continues to teach us. It continues to remind us of things that God has revealed to us and, and it shows us, you know, I, I for you, you've been, uh, not just a Christian for over half your life at this point, yeah. uh, but also in ministry for a decade plus, um, and, and I'm sure that the scripture still teaches you new things. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody that I've met uh, no matter how long they've been walking with the Lord, no matter how long they've been, you know, in vocational ministry or whatever that doesn't feel like I still le- I still learn. God still reveals things to me through his word. Yeah. So, for sure. All right. That's a long time on scripture. Let's try to get through these other ones a little bit faster. Um so we also have prayer and fasting. And I'm combining these two together because I do think that they go hand in hand with each other. But as you mentioned before, praying is a way that we communicate with God. It's a way that we hear from Him in just kind of a, a spiritual sense, I guess. It's the best way I can put it. Yeah. Um, because it is something that I think if you if you have never prayed before or if you're not a believer, it's something that's really hard to grasp. Like I could totally understand where somebody would be like you pray, what does that even mean? like you think you're just in your mind going to a place or you think you're with God or you're listening to something like it sounds really confusing, but truly like it does offer us the opportunity to actually communicate with God yeah, is there a way that you think you can um unpack prayer to make it sound not so weird? <laughs> I
1: mean I think if you I think it's difficult if you let's say you're you don't believe in God, then I think it would be it's gonna be weird to you or foreign to you, right? Mm. But it's just a dialogue. I mean, that's that's how I think about it. It's just a conversation with God. So I think for us, I think that the harder part of us is when we think about prayer, we think about it more like asking a list to... Like, we're listing off our requests. It's not like a request line, right? Yes. You know yes. what I mean?
0: God's not our waiter. Yeah, like there's <laughs> tons of these order. little illustrations that you can do. There's multiple
1: that are different. But that's like what I... That, that's what I practice more of. Like even today I can struggle and default back into like, Why aren't you answering my requests? You know? Mm. As opposed to, you know, it's a uh, there there's there's steps too. And then I do I think set prayers help you. Like like the Lord's prayer um and other prayers from the Bible are helpful. Like if you're like, I don't know how to pray, like well Jesus says, These this is what you pray, you know, our Father who art in heaven he has a there's a there's a there's, a, there's almost like a template in there. that that you can bridge off of if you're learning to pray.
0: Yep, yep. I think also just the, like kind of just to piggyback off of that, uh, a growth area in prayer is to just be able to sit and listen. Like we Mm. have a hard time just as a society sitting in silence. So I get that. But sitting in silence picturing yourself with God or something like that, or in your favorite place with God, or, you know, there's all kinds of different methods you can do, but to just be silent with God and to, to just listen, um, is so often it's, it's a hard practice because yeah. we are in such a noisy society, but, um, that's a way that really is helpful. Um, and I think making it a routine like prayer is one of those things that I find to be, really difficult to get something out of when it's not a regular practice for me. Uh, I don't know. I might be alone in that, but just like, it feels hard to, I'll use John's words, get in the spirit uh, when I'm not regularly praying. Um, I can't just go, you know four, five, six days without praying and then all of a sudden be like, oh yeah, I feel like I'm really in tune with God and he's going to speak to me at this moment. Like I, I almost have to, you know, it's like a muscle. I almost have to work it out a little bit to, to feel strong about it.
1: Yeah. And also when you get like things, well, I want to make a comment about silence and solitude in a second, but I will, but with prayer specifically, like the dialogue piece of it, it, it is something that you have to practice and it is something that you have to, um, it's something that it, it should be ongoing. Like the scripture say it should be continual. And so, if it is supposed to be ongoing, then like, how do I dialogue with, like through the spirit as I go about my day? And then also, when do I have an extended time that's just devoted to that? I like my current uh, devotional because it actually has a, a section in there for prayer for others. Nice. Uh, like, and so, which is nice because that is a part of it too, where it is a request piece of it, uh, more intercessory piece. but um and then as I go throughout my day, just trying to learn to pray. Silence and solitude is, I would count its own discipline. And it is, I agree with you, it's hard, but it's so good. And um, I've gotten so much better at it over the years, and I am still need to work on it and growing in it. But it's probably my favorite practice right now. Like, if I could say, like, what's your favorite way of connecting with the Lord? It's just being silent for, like, 10 minutes. And... Um, it's, it, eventually, it gets to a point like where even if the Lord doesn't speak, but you're just there, it's like it's almost like a coming home feeling. Hmm. You know, like when you're with someone that you like really enjoy being around. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to talk to them; you can just be with them. Mm-hmm. Like silence and solitude is like acknowledging His presence and just being with God. And if He says something great, if He doesn't, it's great because He's just you're just with Him.
0: Yeah, I had a moment like that yesterday. Uh, I it was right before our, we talked. I was at a park, uh, I was doing some prayer, and just, I ruined it for you. Yeah, I don't know. I think I called you. So, uh, but I, I was I was at a park. I was, I was praying for some people, reaching out to our discipleship group leaders, just letting them know that I was praying for them, and just kind of some ways that I was encouraging them. And just before that, it was like, man, like having a having a kid at home um, really. Makes silence and solitude a lot more difficult. Um, and there's a lot of noise going on. There's a lot of a lot of screaming sometimes. But just um, it, it did. It felt like a coming home moment. Like there was, I was just kind of looking at this fountain and seeing the, tr- the leaves fall and looking at God's creation and just the beauty of the place I was at and just thinking about. it' I was like, man, this is this is truly where like peace is found. This is truly where I've come home. And so yeah, I love that description. I love that idea. Even if God doesn't speak to you or give you a revelation of some kind there is a revelation or uncovering that happens realizing this is my home this is what i was meant for yep Yep. Uh, let's talk about fasting here for a second so uh, i don't want to spend a ton of time on this just because i think it's pretty it is a little bit concrete and more straightforward um It's the idea of giving, a lot of times it's food. um, Mm -hmm. An easy practice, an easy win with fasting is to just pick a meal and to pray through that meal as opposed to actually eating something. Uh, But it's really setting aside a time or an an event or an activity that I'm going to say I'm going to remove this. I'm going to intentionally not do this and replace it with time with God. I think that's super important. Fasting is not just not doing something, it's replacing it with time with God. And so, uh, whether that means that you're praying, reading your Bible, whatever it be, uh, that you need to replace that time with time with God intentionally in order to go into His presence more often, it's buying back time to invest in your time with God. And we get an example of this. Um, I I was recently asked by a friend, kind of just like, you know, what does it mean to fast, or what's the importance of it? Do we see examples of it? Best one I found was in Second Samuel chapter twelve. Uh, this is King David, and his son has been is, becomes ill. Uh, part of it's due to his own sin, but David goes on a fast. He lies down in the middle of this room, and he cries and he cries out to God. And he doesn't. He like refuses food, refuses anything, until the child ends up dying. And it's a, it's a sad story, but it's also an example of this is what fasting can be used for. This is a tool that we see an example of in that uh, David was awaiting a result. He was going to fast until either the child got better or it passed away. And you see these his servants are around, and he begins to sense that something's up. And he says, you know, has, has the child died? Because they're afraid to tell him. <laughs> they don't want him to be upset or you know anything they think that he's actually depressed and like he's just going to continue to spiral and he's not going to eat anything or whatever he's just going to get worse but really he's fasting intentionally it's not that he's just sad he wants to continue to fast until a result happens and he and some you know a conclusion with his son and so and once he finds out that his son has passed away he actually gets up cleans himself off and goes and eats something hmm. like that's the break of his fast is that a conclusion has happened and so uh, that's an example of there's uh, an opportunity or one way of fasting in which you would just decide what you're going to fast from and you do that until god brings a conclusion to whatever it is that you're trying to seek an answer to. Hmm. Uh, That's just one option. Uh, uh, But I think that's the best example that we have in scripture of using fasting as a tool to hear from God or to receive a conclusion to something that's going on. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some other ones here. So one of the ways that you can hear from God is through a speaker. You know this is why uh, in some ways regular church attendance is like encouraged not just that you get to spend time with the family of god not just that you can worship and sing songs to god and you know in the body uh, w- with other people but also god speaks through his mouthpieces here on earth, right? Like, so throughout scripture, we see that, you know, the prophets delivered God's message to his people in some ways, preachers and teachers today are modern day prophets, uh, giving the word of God, trying to expound on it, trying to help people understand what God is actually trying to say to them. Uh, we, through both of our prayer, through our process as preachers, uh, we pray, for God to give us the message that he wants to share. And then we also pray on Sundays that God would speak through us as opposed to it being our own human ideas and words. And I think that's super important. If you're someone who, maybe you're listening to this and you've like have an opportunity or you're thinking about having an opportunity to preach one day. Like the best advice that I could give you in the time that I've been doing it is to remove yourself as much from the sermon as possible. Absolutely want to have your own, you know, illustrations and things like that. Put time and effort into it, but try to listen for what God wants to say through the sermon as opposed to what's the point that you want to make. Um, And so I think sermons are a really great place for you to also hear from God because truthfully, if, if it's a good pastor, they're praying that God would speak through them to you.
1: Yeah, I think in all these, you're looking for, I, I use the word illuminate, but like God just to shine his light, the spirit to nudge you or to, you know, a thought that just you like hits you a certain way that I would equate to the spirit, you know, trying to, to jostle you or to move you to consider that a little bit more and, spe- and that's, that's God speaking to you, you mm-hmm. know, um, he's using your, your brain and your body and your mind to, to do that. Um, it could be your memory
0: too. Yep. Yep. Uh, Another option is uh, what we in Christian circles are just kind of refer to as sacraments, but it's these like taking of the the Lord's Supper. If you're offered, you know, the bread and the cup on Sunday mornings or even in your own home, Uh, baptism are, are times. I don't know if you've felt this, Russell, but I've been in a lot of baptisms where I was like, man, it feels like God's presence is here. When you see the person get baptized, it's like, holy cow, like something Changed in this room, um, and I think that's an opportunity to experience God to he, to feel that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you are being baptized, and you're participating in like the the symbolism of what Christ has done, His death and resurrection. And then, like, if you're taking the the bread and the cup, you're 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 remembering and experiencing the breaking of the bread or the cracker you're using, and then the the sipping of the the wine or or the juice that is blood. So it's like. It is a revealing of in 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 their nature. They're reveal. They are gospel revelations.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So if you haven't maybe heard from God, you're looking for a way. You know, try just sitting down and taking the Lord's Supper together. Yeah, Um, it's great celebrations are a way that we, you know, can see God uh, throughout the Old Testament. We see God give many celebration opportunities to the uh, nation of Israel. There's feasts, there's weeks, there's even a Sabbath, you know, a weekly Sabbath is a celebration of the fact that we can rest and that God gives us a day off to uh, just enjoy him. And so yeah. uh, take an opportunity to celebrate into to Sabbath.
1: Yeah, so for us, like seasonally, it's Christmas, Advent, Easter time, you have Lent. Mm -hmm. Those are built into our calendars already for us to. Participate and remember some of those things, and then weekly sabbaths.
0: Yeah, and that's a good. I'm glad you. I want to specifically highlight Lent for just a second, and that that's a, a fast, right? Yep. And so uh, maybe there's something that is holding you back in your walk with the Lord, or just in the way that you're experiencing Him. And Lent, and you've always thought Lent was kind of a weird season, or like you know maybe even uh, feels a little um, legalistic. So Lent can feel a little, maybe a little legalistic that I have to give something up as a, like part of my Christian tradition or whatever. But maybe God just wants to reveal something to you that you're better off not having yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, so yeah. things like that can um, definitely speak to us uh, also through dreams. And this is uh, gets a little wonky, but uh, certainly throughout scripture, I think of Daniel, I think of Jacob and the ladder. Uh, I think of just different opportunities. Certainly there's uh, examples of God speaking through dreams. And now this is one This is the opposite end of the spectrum from Scripture. (laughs) So however concrete and like we can trust that this is the Word of God is how much I would say that like you should really, really filter your dreams to (laughs) not be like, just assume, oh... um,
1: Every dream I have is
0: from the Lord. Exactly, exactly. So certainly don't want to assume that just because you had a dream about it that it's going to happen or that God's trying to speak to you. But it's possible. Uh, I just want to throw that out there.
1: Yeah, and I think some people have dreams. Some people don't. It just depends. So... Yep. Uh, some dreams are from their Lord, some they're not. So,
0: Yep. Okay, uh, let's see. I just want to go through maybe a couple personal examples and then maybe one last thing that we can do to kind of test these. So uh, as we wrap up, I think about the best one for me was when we – You So you had invited Sarah and I to come to pray for Mission City. We Mm -hmm. were not planning on coming at this point, but we were like, yeah, we'll come, we'll attend, whatever. You shared the vision. Uh, So there's a somewhat of a sermon element to it that you were sharing what God had put on your heart. Uh, We began to pray uh, and seek God and to ask for him to move in Mission City and the future of Mission City and all that. And through that, Sarah and I both felt very confident that God was leading us to be a part of it. And so... And that way, uh, we use multiple of these kind of examples to hear from God that He was revealing or uncovering the plan that He had for us to go and be a part of the launch of Mission City and uh, to join it. And honestly, it's been one of the greatest, maybe the single greatest blessing of our of our lives as a married couple to okay. experience this new community to launch something new together. We've done ministry together for the first time. Well she was a, a volunteer of the ministry that I was doing, but it wasn't like we were leading together necessarily. We lead ministry together now. Uh, we have experienced community in a whole new way. We have experienced life in Christ just like intentionally, like, like the amount of sacrifice and leaning on God that we've had to do together through this whole process has radically changed, I think our view of God and how much he provides for us. Um, it's been incredibly um just, uh, life-changing for us and in our marriage and in our relationship and and individually. So, um, for me, that was something that, uh, certainly God revealed to us, but it required us to take a step of faith to go and to, um, one, take a step of faith in that, you know, we want to come and pray and be a part of this meeting, but also two that we would then go where God was leading. Um, and so, uh, what comes to your mind when you think about like a time that God has revealed something to you, maybe it was, you know, planting mission city or moving to Colorado or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, both of those come to mind for sure. Uh, The move to Colorado was just a slow revelation of um, like another season. And so it was, it was six months of seeking God, being with him, wrestling in some ways with him about certain things. And then uh, even, going and checking out the land, if you will, going to Colorado before it was like, all right, I really think God's calling me to move out here. Um, I remember I told a pastor one time, he's like, Oh, it's fine. You'll be back in six months, six months. A lot of people feel like they're called to move to Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I was like, and I, I I said, all right, that's cool. Uh, this is maybe even vindictive of me, but after being gone for a year, I I took him to breakfast and said, yeah, I'm still out there, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah,
0: No kidding. It sounds like there was a little resentment in that, uh, tone that he gave you initially. Yeah. Um,
1: so, but yeah, but I mean, for me, like God, I've seen God in big environments. Same thing, same thing with, uh, the, uh, planning the church. I felt like the Lord, I was praying about something else. I was with him and, uh and in that i felt led to plant and um it was yeah so and then just the thing about it is god might reveal something like that like hey i want you to plant a church or i want you to go somewhere and then the timeline it takes from point a to point b is I mean, for me to move to Colorado, it was six months. The reason why I was so short is because I was single. I was like 24, 23. I was single. I didn't have, like, I didn't have any responsibilities. I could just move. Um, for the church plant, it was like I had a full-time job, family, kid. There's logistics that have to work out. And so that took more like two years, hmm. two to three actually. And so yeah. just because God says something today doesn't mean it's not going to and it doesn't happen a month, two months down the road, doesn't mean it's not true. Sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to walk through.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, okay, final thing here. Uh, we have talked about this before, but I think Kairos circles um, are an idea that really helps when we're thinking about, is God actually speaking to me in this moment? It's, it's a great uh, uh, tool to use. Well, maybe you're you know, praying through something, feel like God's revealing to you, or even in a dream <laughs> or yeah. anything else. Uh, God might be revealing this to me. So there's two sides of this circle. Uh, the first side is repent, and it's three parts. It's observe, reflect, and discuss. So you want to observe what is going on in my life? What does it feel like uh, God might be saying to me? Reflect. How has this played itself out before? What has happened? Um, what do the scriptures say about it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Does this l- seem to line up with God's word? Right. Because uh, if it's not, you could probably just end the, the whole discussion right there. Um, also then, so once you feel like you've you know observed, you feel confident, like this does line up with God. I'm not, I'm still not sure that this is what he's saying, but it does line up. Then you discuss with a partner um, and see what they have to say about it and see if they agree or disagree or whatever it may be. Uh, the other side is believe. And, Russell, I'll let you talk about so making a plan, accountability, and action uh, when it comes to the, the second side of the Kairos circle.
1: Yeah, so let's say you you believe this is the Lord speaking and you have something to do, then you create a plan. Uh, and depending on what it is, it could be something that is takes a long time or it could be you doing one thing, right? Yeah,
0: I'm going to plan to plan a church at some yeah. point. Maybe yeah. two years from now, <laughs> yeah.
1: Accountability wise, then so you get a couple of people that um, that you that are in your life, probably the partner you're discussing with to hold you accountable, and then you just go and do it. And so this is intended for you to one to you to think about it, you to reflect on it personally, but also to do it inside of a community. It could be with another person, or it could be with a group of people, your small group, or community group, or spouse, friend, whatever else it is thinking, does this align up with scripture? Does this person who knows me walking through life agree with this? And then you just, you, you develop a plan and there's action. It's, it's not allowing it to this moment to pass you by or go, yeah, I should change something and never do it. It's intended for you to, to, to grow in that moment and to become more like Christ.
0: Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? No, man, I'm excited. What are we calling this thing? Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you got? Any, you got any thoughts? No, I really do think that. So I'm super excited about just the way that the series I think will unfold. If maybe some of this early content was like just kind of repetitive for you, or you've been walking with the Lord for a while and this is not anything new for you, uh, I want to I want to encourage you to stick with it because I think there are some things that we'll get into with the Book of Revelation and with just different examples that uh, we pull out of it that will be a little bit deeper dive as well. Uh, But yeah, I do think like it's just it is a revelation uh, and hearing from god is a revelation and and whatever baggage that word might have for you listening to this um god wants to reveal things to us he truly does uh, he's, he's not a god of confusion and i think sometimes we make him that way and I, I truly think that he wants to speak to us he wants to um you know be with us now that could look different than what you think it does right now but um yeah, yeah
1: and i think i mean I guess I guess in, in conclusion for me, I think if you don't believe God wants to reveal things to you, then I would have you consider maybe the greatest revelation, which we didn't even hit on, is the fact that Jesus came.
0: That's the title, the greatest revelation. <laughs> okay,
1: but that is but that is God revealed. That's God with us, right? Jesus coming is God revealing Himself to us, and. And uh, and and so he did that by coming to this earth, and then he did it through scripture. He did it through so many other different things, and so and God continues wants to continue to reveal things to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's see. Let's leave it there. If you have any questions or comments, please, please, please. Uh, sorry, uh, this is uh, an aside, but please, please, please reach out to us. Like we, the, one of the greatest, like. Um, I think advantages of being a smaller church or just the blessings that God has given to Russell and I is that we get to be hands-on shepherds of the people that we are trying to reach. And so if you have questions, concerns about how God might be revealing something to you or how to hear from God or just how to spend time with God, how any of these strategies that we've talked about, uh, how to do them, we would be happy to sit down with you, walk you through it, do it with you, whatever it may be. Uh, I think praying together is a way that we can really, you know, hear from God together and have unity on some of these things. So please reach out. Uh, My email is jake at missioncitykc.com. Russell is the same, russell at missioncitykc.com we would love um, to talk you through whatever it may be that you're trying to find revelation for. Uh, and we will continue to use the greatest revelation, uh, John's revelation to uh, talk through it. So love you guys. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. We'll be back next Thursday with uh, part two of the greatest revelation. Can't wait.